This episode of the Best Seeds Podcast is presented by LA Wine Fest. For tickets and information, go to LAWineFest.com. This episode of the Best Seeds Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseeds.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 89 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I'm your host, Croft McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you, as always, to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides the music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. And depending on when you're listening to this episode, she's just about to launch her U.S. tour, starting over at the Wayfair in Costa Mesa. So be sure to check out her website for tour dates. Um, she's a fantastic musician, as well as a friend, and I could not want to support her more. So please do so if there is a show in your area. As a reminder for this show, if you enjoy it, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review. If you are listening to it on free feeds, it helps other folks discover it as well. You can go to thebestseats.com for more content just like this. And do not forget that you can get early ad-free listening as well as exclusive access to the post show, as well as access to the litany of other shows that are going to be launching this summer only by going to patreon.com forward slash the best seats and signing up at a monthly amount that makes the most sense for you as little as two dollars gets you access to all of that and my eternal gratitude um episode 89 i'm very excited about this one now i want to make something very clear before i introduce the guest and the show um anybody who goes to patreon there is a tier well there's two tiers actually for advertising on the show i have had guests on who choose to advertise with the show before the team from amass um up in Los Angeles, obviously my friend Ashley from Heirloom Potage and LA Wine Fest as well. If you've been listening on free feeds the past couple episodes, you know that they have been a major sponsor for the past couple of shows for which A, I am grateful, but B, I want to be very transparent because this episode features the team or members associated with LA Wine Fest. That being said, any group that chooses to advertise with the best seats, and this has been true for Amass, this is true for Heirloom Potage, this is now true for LA Wine Fest. They do not get preferential treatment. There is no, if you pay X, then you get a free episode type of plan in any of the advertising tiers. They are publicly listed. Y'all can go listen to them for the, uh, or read them for yourselves. Look at the content that is offered, et cetera. Um, I just want to make that clear because this one kind of comes across that way just because they've recently been advertising and now I'm sitting down with them. I was planning on sitting down with the team from LA Wine Fest well before they chose to advertise. Again, you can take that with a grain of salt. I've obviously sat down back with Ashley from Heirloom Potage. She's been a longtime advertiser. Amass has been a longtime advertiser. Having LA Wine Fest on, um, again, take this with a grain of salt if you want, had absolutely no bearing on this episode. I will always try to be 100% transparent with you guys. I fully believe in that. But I just wanted to let that be out in the air before we start into episode 89. And I am excited for episode 89. My friend Amanda Pennington joins me from Shout Public Relations, as well as the very talented executive chef of Fuego up at Hotel Maya 
Chef Victor Juarez. Um, I wanted to sit down with both of these people, A, to kind of talk about the relationship between public relations and how you find restaurants for events like LA Wine Fest. But also as a chef, it's one thing to do events. It's another thing to do events where people are, whether you want it or not, pairing drinks, especially wine in this case, with your food. How do you choose what dishes to bring? How do you get people to come back to your restaurant afterwards? What is the intention of kind of having an on-site you know, set up for a restaurant at an event like this? How do you manage an event like this and try to manage expectations of food when you're going to have things like food trucks and so on and so many different wines and drinks are going to be offered throughout the day? So I wanted to sit down with both of these people. Um, I will say right off the bat, this is a little bit of a shorter episode. We recorded this just before dinner service. Um, Chef had to run off and obviously do his job and hop on the line. So I'm very, very grateful that I was able to get him for his time. Uh, but it is a little bit of a shorter one. So still, I hope you will enjoy it. Definitely, if you are not on Patreon, this is a fun post-show one. Amanda really uh, sticks around to dig into kind of more of the public relations side of things. But I really hope that you will enjoy episode 89. It's a really fun one. A little bit of a shorter kind of quick hitter. But again, a real, real fun episode with my friend Amanda Pennington of Shout Public Relations and executive chef of Fuego up at Hotel Maya, Chef Victor Juarez. Enjoy. Well, everybody, thank you for sitting down today for the show here at Fuego at Hotel Maya. An unusually overcast day here up in beautiful Long Beach, but it's one that if we're going to be sitting outside, I'm okay not baking because I'd rather be able to sit here and take the time to talk about everything that I want to with regards to Fuego, the restaurant, and the upcoming LA Wine Fest. Depending on when people are listening to this, LA Wine Fest may have already happened. If so, you missed out, but we are going to talk about the restaurant and how they are involved um, before we do that, I want to jump right into it. I have two guests on today. Would you both mind introducing yourselves and giving a little bit of your background? Chef, we'll start with you. Okay, uh, I'm Victor Juarez. I'm the executive chef for Hotel Maya. Amanda? Uh, my name is Amanda. I'm with Shout PR on behalf of LA Wine Fest, and I love wine and food. <laughs> um, chef, jumping into the hotel here at Fuego, when did you come on board with the restaurant? And kind of give me a little bit of background on the restaurant itself. Yeah, um, wow, it was a... Uh, in 2010, October, and I don't forget that time because uh, at the time I owned my own restaurant in Montclair. And um, when I was selling the restaurant, I received a call from the owner of the hotel. And well, it was uh, uh, Ed Proenza, uh, one of the, the vice president. And um, right when I'm selling the restaurant, uh, they called me to for an interview over here at Hotel Maya. That was October. Uh, 2010, uh, it was the 19th, and um, yeah, I came. I came the next day over here, and I was very lucky that you know I got hired on the spot <laughs> on 2010. So I've been here a little bit over 12 years now. We were tasting some of the food that you're going to be putting out um, specifically for LA Wine Fest, the wine festival happening just not even down the road, walking distance at the park just nearby. Um, and you kind of describe it as Latin fusion. There was a, a kind of a riff on a ropa vieja. There's, you know, obviously guacamole, things like that. What is the cuisine of the restaurant and kind of your influences behind it? Uh, well, um, when I, I first came in, they told me that we had a, we had a, um, a Latin fusion restaurant. So, and believe it or not, I never cooked Latin before. I, my background is French, Italian, uh, continental, and, some other dishes that I prepare on my on, 
uh, before. Mm -hmm. But this time, what I worked on was the the Latin fusion from all, all over the Americas, the yeah. South America, the Central America. I infused other spices and and creating different dishes to make it um, fusion. Uh, one of the dishes that I really like that came out really is the number one seller on the menu is the ropa vieja. It's a Cuban dish, but over here in Maya, it's composed with the, uh, a lot of Mexi Mexican spices like uh, chilies and cumin, oregano, and cloves. So it's a, a, di uh, a different take, but the presentation is the, the, the truly ropa vieja um, Latin fusion. Long Beach itself has been going through a big push, especially, I mean, we're looking out here over the harbor, unbelievable view on sunny days. Like I said, this one's a little overcast and we're recording, but on sunny days, it doesn't suck, to put it lightly. Um, obviously, this being a major, this is a big hotel, a lot of guests, and you have a lot of square footage here at the restaurant. Are your main diners just hotel guests? Are you drawing people from downtown Long Beach? I mean, you know, we've got the Queen Mary right nearby, things like that. What's your clientele kind of like here? Oh, no, uh, they, they come from all over the place. I mean, I, I, I had people from San Francisco and, and other places of the, of the state. Um, yeah, we get hotel guests, uh, but the, a lot of the people are coming from everywhere. Uh, Orange County, uh, I've seen people from Orange County, L.A., um, yeah, um, um, away from uh, Long Beach, yeah. Um, Amanda, I want to turn to you with regards to L.A. Wine Fest. Um, what's the process like from your standpoint, uh, working with a public relations group on bringing restaurants to events like L.A. Wine Fest and kind of making that relationship work, getting people on site to serve food? So <clears throat> there's definitely like a behind the scenes process that I'm actually not part of, but it definitely has, you know, you got to get all your food permits and that sort of thing. But um, what we really want to do is find foods that are going to work well with the wine, um, you know, and of course we have so many different types of wines that are going to be there, um, but really different types of foods that um, one will please everybody. So I think we have like some Caribbean food. We have, we always have brats. We always have the lobster truck. Um, but it's really just about bringing kind of different types of flavors that are really going to match the, you know, palate of the, the wine drinkers. Um, so we get a lot of requests. Um, and unfortunately, we can't have them all because, you know, we want to make sure that each one really is able to shine and is able to sell out of their food. Um, and so they, they really have kind of a, a tough choice in choosing um, who comes and um, the bigger space here in Long Beach that we're at now affords a little bit more room to have a few more than we've had in the past. So yeah. that's really great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the wineries that are coming on board are obviously kind of from all over, uh, but you do have some kind of more local ones. What are some of the wines that are like people can look forward to at the event? Um, I would definitely hit up the Water's Edge Winery. They are Long Beach's only winery, and um, they actually just opened a second wine bar over at the marina. That's really cute. I checked it out yesterday. Um, so I would definitely check out them. Um, Nectar of the Dogs is another one, and of course that might be a soft spot for me because I love dogs. But they have a whole philanthropic um arm so that you know a certain portion of their proceeds goes to um, dog rescue so that's pretty cool um let's see who else would be good um obviously fuego will have their food um we uh were loving um oh i just blinked on it oh till the last sip 
is a, a really wonderful um, couple of gals who started. They're LA-based, um, black woman-owned, um, and they are really awesome and enthusiastic. And I actually haven't tried their wines, but I'm really excited to try their wines um, because they are just really awesome ladies. Um, and then we'll have kind of, we'll have like Stella Rosa, we'll have Wilson Creek. Um, so a lot of SoCal wines, but we'll also have some great wines um, coming in from Portugal um, from one of the importers. And so I'm really excited because I love a green wine. Well, I know we're, we're up here in Long Beach and you're saying importers. And my first thought is that they've just been in the harbor for six months already. So if nothing else, it'll be well-aged. Uh, chef, obviously restaurants going out to events is nothing new. There's food tastings all the time. Now that everything's opened back up, um, everything from charity events to, you know, just kind of those weekend tastes, like I said, taking your dishes and kind of scaling them down to kind of those quick bites served to the public is nothing new for a chef. Is there any difference though, when you're talking about a wine event, because kind of like Amanda said, now you are, whether intentional or not, being paired all day long. Right. Um, yeah, it's uh, pairing the wines. It would be like, I would, I would go more with the uh, Petit Syrahs and Pinot Noirs with the, with the food that, that I'm bringing. Because it's, uh, the, the food that I, that I have right now is, it contains the spice, uh, spices. Uh, so this is, in, this is inside information. Yeah. yeah this so, is a spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. For sure, I would, a, a Pinot Grigio, a, a, a Chardonnay would go great with these dishes because uh, you know it's not, it's uh, more like a, a spicy, a spicy wine, if you will. And don't want to call it spicy wines, but you know, like more like uh, to pair with uh, with the food that, that I'm taking. Yeah. Um, is there any difference? You mentioned that you came from a, your own restaurant before this, moving into kind of the hotel game. Um, Obviously, with everything that's kind of gone down the past two years, two and a half years, a lot of people that were in the hotel world were able to kind of survive a little bit more than the independent restaurant just because Absolutely. of kind of that backing of the support of hotel groups and things like that. Um, has the past two years kind of going through the shutdown, the reopening, the reopening again, maybe we're shut down, maybe we're not. Has that changed you at all as a chef and kind of the way that you approach like your service every day? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Um, when the, when you first uh, close everything, what, the, what, what year was that? Uh, uh, 2020? Mm -hmm. yeah. 2020? Mm -hmm. Yeah, to 2000, uh, 2021 March when finally everything closes. Um, yeah, um, we had to let go a lot of our cooks and chefs and my, all my chefs. Mm -hmm. And um, we were just working for the uh, doctor and nurses, uh, making, you know, like, a, like food to go. Yeah. And I was the only chef here. Wow. I was preparing. I was dealing with other doctors and nurses over here. Thank God that they kept me over here. I was very happy. It's not a problem. But, um, yeah, I was feeding them. And when we started reopening slowly, oh, my God, I, I started from scratch. I started with a few things on the menu, three, four, five, six, ten, until today that the menu looks, you know, almost finished because it's not finished. I mean, I used to have, like, uh, almost 40 items on the menu mm -hmm. now uh, it's like 28 and it, it's doing really well um i think that we have to look at this approach now that to have less on the menu and make sure that it works make sure that you know it's a uh, uh everything is on point and i think that's more uh, most important to me yeah that everything everything tastes the same what was it like for you when guests started to come back in you mentioned that you started with a scaled back menu obviously you know, LA, you know, Long Beach falls under LA County, even though I know Long Beach kind of has its own identity, it still falls under those restrictions. Things were much tighter. LA has remained much tighter. 
What was it like for you when guests started to come back? Obviously, you kind of being the only chef for a while. How was it bringing back on, you know, other cooks and other chefs and things like that until you were able to get full bore? I mean, what was that kind of timeline like? Oh, wow. Uh, it, it was very hectic. Uh, being by myself at the beginning, um, I had three things on the menu, three items. And I thought that people were going to come really slowly. But no, I mean, as soon as that we were able to cook and provide a menu items to the, our guests, it went rather fast. Uh, I was doing like 80, 100 covers really quickly. So everybody wanted to be here at the hotel. Everybody wanted to be out, I, I guess. Um, and I started bringing slowly one cook, two cooks, three cooks, until I think it, was, it happened on May, June, that I started doing the holidays, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when we got busy and uh, we decided to bring everybody, I mean, whoever was available aboard. Um, but yeah, we, we started slowly. I mean, today I'm very happy that I come out on the, on the weekends and I see all these people in the restaurant and food and uh, you should see this weekend, Saturday, it's gonna be amazing. I have a wedding, I have a proms, I have a, a special events. I have private parties, I have the restaurant. So all these people here at the hotel just makes it so beautiful to see everybody out again, you know. Well, it's time for a little commercial, yeah. It's all too common that the best seats receives messages asking for recommendations. Where to go to lunch? Where's the best happy hour? Where should I get dinner? How should I spend my weekend? Well, one of the best ways that I can think of is drinking wine, being among friends, listening to music, and constantly having a smile on my face. That's why I'm excited to tell you about LA Wine Fest. The 17th annual LA Wine Fest presented by Hotel Maya, Water's Edge Winery, and Welks Resorts heads to Long Beach June 4th and 5th at Harry Bridges Memorial Park. Enjoy unlimited wine tastings for more than 50 award-winning wineries from around the globe, plus craft brews, hard ciders, and more. The Waterfront Park location provides a perfect space to taste wine, where live music, fun, and wine education all come together for a glorious two days. For tickets and more information, you can go to LAWineFest.com. I know that I'm going to go there and enjoy the heck out of it. I recommend you do the same. And once again, for tickets and information, that's LAWineFest.com. If you listen to the best seats at all or read the content, then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, it's trying to give you the best products, places, experiences, and more so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. Amass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code, the best seats 15, that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up, but trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, go to Amass.com 
That's A-M-A-S-S. And use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage comes in. Heirloom Potage designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef, owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotage.com. That's heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, potage, P-O-T-A-G-E-R.com today. Once again, that's heirloom potage. Again, you know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one thing to have the restaurant open again. It's another thing to be back to those events like you said. I mean, even I forgot about it until you mentioned it. You're doing graduation parties again, where I think even at least in parts of here in California, that was probably still online for some people, or it was kind of quick and you were limited family members. I mean, now it is wedding season again. I mean, it's one thing for a restaurant to reopen. Hotels very much operate in that special space, unless it's a dedicated venue where you have those large parties, weddings especially. A lot of people are dealing with staffing issues just for independent restaurants, but you don't have 50-person, 100-person weddings showing up or those wedding parties afterwards. How are you doing kind of A, with staffing, but also B, staffing for these events that you have on the horizon? Well, I think I'm very lucky with the staff. Um, actually, these people that have been here at the hotel, the cooks, they've been here for 20 to 30 years. And these cooks That's are, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my respect to them. Uh, they, um, as soon as uh, uh, they heard that we were going to be open again, everybody came back. That's great. I have no issue. Yeah. I have no issue with, with, with my staff. I mean, they do a beautiful job. I mean, we do this this volumes like you know, like I mentioned, the weddings and proms and and actually, we, I'm doing this all these events with the same people that I had before, and maybe I'm missing one cook, <laughs> but uh, that's that's it. I mean, I'm very happy that I have everybody back and and they want to be here. Yeah. And my sous chef, one of my sous chef that that left. He was already employed, but he decided to come back to this hotel. And that tells me a lot because, I mean, everybody wants to work with me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, this is the partner hotel for LA Wine Fest. Um, Amanda, can you kind of elaborate from your side of things, kind of being in the LA Wine Fest side of what that kind of means? What does a partner hotel kind of mean? You know, obviously by the time that this is gonna go on public feeds, we're gonna be about a week away. Uh, tickets are obviously still available. Um, well, hopefully they'll be sold out by the time this goes live. I don't know. But what is the process like of getting a partner hotel on board and kind of what does that mean for the fest itself? Yeah. So for us, um, it means that some of our wineries, you know, get to come and stay here so that they can be really close to the venue because we start, you know, all the behind the scene things start really early and start Friday afternoon, actually. So that's helpful. And they also have come on to support LA Wine Fest, which is also benefiting, benefiting the LA Boys and Girls Club. So it's really important, you know, that 
LA Wine Fest gets on some really gracious sponsors so that we can kind of try to raise as much awareness and have, you know, the funds left over after um, to support that organization as well. And then, of course, they're just so awesome that we're walking distance away. So it's an amazing um, partnership. And I know that um, at Hotel Maya's website, they do have a a ticket deal, like a one-night stay with ticket deal. So people can check that out at the Hotel Maya website. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of, those are kind of our special partnerships with, with them. But it's mostly, you know, it takes a lot to put on the Wine Fest. Um, there's so many things that I think, I mean, I was surprised when I first started working with them several years ago, you know, that it takes to kind of make it all happen. And one of those things is really awesome sponsors so that at the end of the day we can, you know, support that charity too. Chef, I kind of touched on this earlier, but I want to revisit it a little bit. We talked about kind of what wines pair well with the food from your perspective, but how do you go about choosing the food for a fest like this? How do you choose which dishes are going to make that short travel to the park across the way to be served to people attending the fest? Well, um, I try to pick the the best sellers at the hotel, the, the, the food that everybody's coming for. Like I said, the ropa vieja and the guacamole. I mentioned the guacamole earlier that every single table have to have the guacamole at their, at their table. Um, I was telling you before that I go through 80 cases of avocados in a week. So that tells you right there how much guacamole we have to prepare. Um, I, I, I like to take something that is gonna hold, not something that is gonna die and it's gonna look you know bad. Mm-hmm. So I think the ropa vieja, having the ropa vieja is something that it holds very well and it doesn't, you don't have to eat it like a really hot. It can be room temperature and it's still going to be really tasty. Uh, I know for a fact that there are going to be some people that are listening that know what that dish is. They're very familiar with it. Um, for people that may not be aware of what ropa vieja is, can you kind of describe that? Now yours is not a traditional ropa vieja, but can you kind of describe the dish and then how you kind of adapt it to your own recipe? Yeah, this, the, the ropa vieja is a, it's a Cuban dish and it's more like a, it has very uh, a strong flavor, if you will. Uh, not a lot of people like a, a dish that is uh, only for, uh, I want to say one culture, let's say it like this. Uh, what I created um, with the Ropa Vieja was the, uh, the fusion that we do over here at the hotel. And th- what I mean by fusion is that I, I added the Mexican spices like the Guajillo. After all, we are my hotel. And that's what I have done with this recipe. And like I said, it holds very well. People likes it. Uh, I infused the uh, uh, serrano cream, the uh, red pickle cabbage, and it's just, it marries really well together. And if you ask me what, uh, what wine to pair with this dish, uh, I'm looking at the, um, uh, the, Pinot, uh, Pinot, um, the Pinot wine. Yeah, still it's, sticking it, with those reds. It, right, the reds, yeah. I think it will go well. And the uh, shrimp ceviche, it's another dish. I mean, uh, it's been with the hotel for since I've been here. So it's something that I don't want to touch, and uh, I just improved that recipe, and it, it, it sells really well. Again, it, all these dishes, they sell really well over here, and people really like them. I recently sat down with another chef at another hotel um, whose episode is going to come on after this one, but I asked him kind of a similar question. It's one thing to build out a menu for a restaurant. It's another thing to build out a menu for a hotel restaurant because there are those expectations of, you know, a regular dinner service at a restaurant independent may be, you know, 5 to 10 p.m., right? A hotel, it kind of has had that expectation of guests are going to be here all day, so maybe they are going to be looking at food all day. You mentioned that you only had a couple dishes on the menu when you guys started to reopen. 
how did you go about rebuilding that menu with kind of all day service in mind? Um, yeah, and that's a good question. I mean, uh, what I did was uh, those uh, entrees, uh, those foods that hold, hold together. And I created new dishes for this, uh, for this time. Uh, they're quick, uh, very flavorful, and they're fast. And that was my approach, you know, to, um, again, to create something uh, fast and not having too many staff on the line, you know, like having like with three cooks on the line. I had to create these menus for them. Not like before that I, I had uh, dishes that needed multiple people on the line because, uh, you know, the, the cold, the hot, you know, they had to put it together. So you needed like six people on the line. Now now with these new times, uh, I can tell you I have three cooks on the line. They're doing a beautiful job by creating these menus that are semi-pre-made, but you still have to cook. Yeah. Um, and I should mention, I, I said all day, but I want to make sure that I'm not speaking and putting my foot in my mouth. From somebody not staying in the hotel, if they wanted to come to Fuego at some point during the day, are there certain service hours? Are you guys open to the guests throughout the day? What is the actual setup of the restaurant for service? Well, uh, breakfast is at six o'clock in the morning. It's for the, the hotel guests and the uh, people that want to come over here, six to 11. And for lunch, I'm open from 11 to 4 p.m. And again, for the hotel and whoever, you know, for the audience, uh, the audience outside. And for dinner, we open uh, at five o'clock and we'll say we close at 11, 11. All right, so I wasn't wrong. I mean, you're pretty much looking at an all day affair. All I mean, day yeah. affair, yes. Yeah, we don't close. So since we open at 6 p.m., we'll stay open until 11, uh, 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. That is a long, long service yes. for some people. Yeah, I mean, that's good for you guys. Um, I want to mention something that, well, not mention, but I want to ask about something that obviously it made news headlines all over the place. Um, and it was the backup because just behind us is Long Beach kind of harbor where if you drive here to the hotel, you're still likely to see mountains of trucks with shipping containers trying to move items. Um, that's been something that's been going on. What at the time of this recording, probably six, eight months now, if not more, has that had any impact on the hotel from any standpoint of like traffic or anything like that, or even you guys are able to get products? Uh, no, not that I, not that I know. Good. The, that's a good answer to have. Yeah. Um, the only traffic, uh, that we have is in the morning, uh, from, uh, coming to work uh, from eight to 10. Yeah. That, that's about it. Uh, it's not affecting the, uh, the restaurant, the hotel. You mentioned you're going through about 80 cases a week of avocados just for the guacamole dish. What about the increase in prices of actual, produce and things like that. Has that altered kind of any way you're looking at your menu? I mean, I, I had a similar conversation with the chef just about how he had to change a scallop dish just because of the price increase on that. $40 a pound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, that, that's incredible. I know, you know, that's a good question. Um, with, with my menus, I, of course I, I searched for the, the right price and yes, it has increased a little bit. But I, for the most part, I try to keep my prices down. And what I did is my, uh, my portion control. You know, not just taking a little bit, but providing the same, uh, uh, the same food, the same uh, portions. Not the portion, uh, it was reduced a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, providing the same uh, flavors and uh, consistency, but with the less, less, and keeping my prices the same. Yeah. So I don't have to increase the prices. Because uh, mm -hmm. let's say uh, 
let's say the ropa vieja prices went up. The meat is up right now, and and the prices for the ropa vieja is almost the same price. All that it is was a little bit, you know, a little smaller, mm-hmm. but you get the same flavors and you get um, it's a healthy. Um, yeah, meal. that's good. Uh, well, Chef, I know that we're going to keep this one a little bit shorter than usual just because I know that you have got to hop on the line here. I know that you said that you have a busy evening coming up and obviously a lot of events to prepare for. Um, luckily, LA Wine Fest is still long enough away that you're not preparing for that one, but obviously graduations and weddings wait for no one. So we are going to let you go. Um, I'm going to keep Amanda around for a Patreon-only bonus episode, but I want to thank you so, so much for the time. Um Love what you're doing out here at the restaurant. Your flavors are great. I hope anybody who does come out to LA Wine Fest tastes the food and then comes over to the restaurant. The view is incredible. I mean, it really is a, a stunning, picturesque way to look at Long Beach for anybody that does not spend enough time up here. Long Beach is a place that I really love, so I love what you guys are doing. Um, if people wanted to kind of learn more about Fuego or kind of find information on the hotel, whether that's like websites or if they want to find a menu, things like that, where could people do that at? It's everything on the website. They want to... They- all the information is there. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And obviously, all of that will be in the show notes so people can click through and find all Absolutely. that information. But Awesome. Well, Chef, thank you so, so much. Amanda, thank you for the main show. Obviously, we'll keep you around. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Chef. Thank you to Amanda. Thank you to Chef for taking the time. Um, recording these episodes on site during service, before service, whatever, is is always a lot on anybody. Anybody who works this industry knows that even when you're not really working, you're working. So I'm very grateful to Chef uh, for taking the time to sit down before service. Obviously, it's a very, very busy thing. I'm grateful for the time that I got with him. Thank you to Amanda for chiming in and being so candid, especially on the post show um, about kind of the relationship and what public relations has been like for an event like this and, and kind of a you know relationships with media and things like that moving forward. Um, again, full transparency, the fact that they've chose to advertise with me, which I am extremely grateful for, as well as all of my other advertisers and everybody who supports on Patreon, didn't have any bearing on me wanting to sit down with them. Just a happy coincidence. Again, you can take that with a grain of salt if you wish. But regardless, thank you for listening. If you are on Patreon, once again, thank you for the support. Everybody on free feeds, thank you. Like I said in a couple episodes ago, last month was one of the best for Patreon so far. If you are not on there, summertime is going to be huge. There's more events coming. Discount codes for LA Wine Fest. If you have not signed up yet, you can find more information over on Patreon for that. A lot more stuff is coming in the pipeline. I cannot wait. Summer 2022 is going to be huge, and I'll see you out there. Take care. Don't drink and drive. See you at LA Wine Fest, or I'll see you at any other fest, or any bar, or any other brunch, or any other happy hour. Look for me. Give me a crisp high five. I'll see you out there. Tip your bartender. Be well. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash The Best Seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Arito Norito, Sarah Hines, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, John Sanchez. Thank you for your support.